on this week's show. A fine start with a new look squad. We hear from Ashford United boss Tommy Warrilow. I'm sort of pleased with how the boys have reacted to it, but I, but I know there's better. I know they can do better, and they know they can do better. Dowson's darts down Dover, and then Dowson speaks after his side make it four wins from their eight games so far. To pick it up tonight, I was pleased about, and you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We've got to make sure that we're, we're picking up again on Saturday. And a perfect start in the scaffold. But Irithan Belvedere boss Tony Beckingham still wants more from his team. It's going quite well, but probably need to tighten up a little bit at the back. But then again, I suppose when, you, when you're pushing to, to score goals, you are going to leave a little bit of space. And, um, and that's sort of been exploited a couple of times. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. A strange old week on this little island of ours and after the first Saturday we've not had any football since all oh, the good old days of Covid, uh, we've managed to get three interviews for you from three different divisions after there was a bumper programme on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm John Phipps, thanks to last week's cough and cold, didn't, couldn't even get properly tanked up on my birthday. Another line now is man has had a much worse week than that health-wise. Uh, how are you feeling now, Matt Gerrard? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, well, I'm not fine, but um, I'll survive. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I won't go into details, but um, I didn't go to the cricket because of a, uh, I spent majority of Friday night and A&E, but um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm better now. I've got to look after myself, but um, I should be okay, hopefully. All I need to know is um, when you told me what you actually had, did you get the reference that I made to you? A lot of people have mentioned that reference. Yeah, good. That's fine. Yes, and, I, and, I, and I may be watching the episode at some point. So um, yeah, I, I, I could know. only hear that diagnosis in that voice. That was the thing. So uh, I can't remember the episode, but um, from that. Uh, do you know which episode it is? Do you know which episode it is? My wife will know what it is because she, she was one of the ones. Who it's the 100th about. episode where she has the triplets. Oh, OK, there you go. OK, so, there, we go. there we go. And if you've ever watched the episode of, uh, well, we have not even said what programme that is, but if you have any idea what we're talking about, then you probably know what was wrong with Matt and exactly the accent that you need to diagnose that issue in. Um, anyway, it's our 225th episode this week, and I found a Twitter account called at 225 Group UK. Now, I thought it might be some sort of business, but it turns out to be dedicated to celebrating the Intercity 225 high-speed electric train and supporting its longevity beyond UK mainline service into preservation. Uh, as the host of a niche podcast about non-league football, we probably can't say too much, but... It's got 1,295 followers, so I'm just going to leave that there. We've got 1,619, incidentally, and I've got less than half of that. And you know what? I think I'm more interested in the train, but seemingly the Twitter sphere does not agree. Oh, well, what can I say about trains? Gets you to A to B, really, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, what's the, if you're a train, what are you? Spotter, of course, yes. I mean, I, yeah. I, I've, I've had to be using the trains a lot more. Uh, recently, are they reliable the, the trains these days? Uh, I've had I've had some ups and downs uh, in the past few weeks, but I've, I think I've now settled on the best uh, the best option for me, uh, which involves partly driving, partly getting the train, uh, and we shall see how that pans are out. Expensive uh, still? Uh, not too bad for for where I'm for, for what I'm doing. I'm getting sixteen pound return up to London from where from where I've been parking, so it's not too bad. And I will just say, actually, I am no train spotter, but um, I did buy a book. Uh, last year when I was away called Ticket to Ride uh, and I can see it from here because I read it and I absolutely loved it and what it was was it was a bloke who did a load of interesting train journeys all around the world uh, he went across Australia on a train he tried to go across America the US on a train he did a train in Sri Lanka India China Japan and 
yeah, he talks about what sort of train it is, but it's the stories and the people that he meets and everything like that. And it's a really, really fascinating book. I think his name's Tom Cheshire, the bloke who's written it. Uh, so if you do ever see that book in a charity shop or anything, I'd really men- recommend that you pick it up. It's more travel book than Train Spotter's Guide. Talk about the trains. They're going to be um, really sort of busy, I suppose, over the next few days. Um, are you going up to London for work? And will you be on the trains? And will you, you know, we haven't mentioned the, the sad passing of, I'm Her Majesty. Um, would, you, would you would you be going to see any of the flowers while you're up there, Jordan? I, I, do you know what? I probably won't be going up uh, anywhere because yes, I am in London uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so I'm up there quite a bit at the mercy of uh, the trains as well. So it is going to be busy, and obviously Monday is going to be uh, quite something. I'm, I'm guessing security is going to be really high uh, all around everywhere that I'm going because uh, I do go to. A very large tourist attraction uh, is where I work, so uh, I will be uh, seeing all of that firsthand, uh, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, obviously really, really sad um, with the passing of the Queen, an incredible woman uh, who, regardless of your thoughts on the monarchy, uh, did an unbelievable job for this country. And if you've never watched The Crown on Netflix, uh, I see it's rocketed back up into the top ten, and rightly so, because it's a a fascinating programme. I don't know how much of it is true. But it shows just what dedication uh, that woman showed to this country. Uh, and she was an incredible servant. And, and it's amazing because, you know, 80 percent, maybe even more of the people in this country have never been through this before um, with with a quick with a monarch passing away. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's all very new um, with regards to all the football being cancelled. I just always assumed it would happen. Uh, I don't know if there was a plan or I don't know why there wasn't a plan. Sorry, I don't know why there wasn't a plan in place that they knew what was going to happen. Uh, And then when for me, I just always thought was the right decision until they did it. If the decision had been taken out of the hands of the FA and the EFL and and the government or the the palace had said no, no football morning, then obviously it, it was a no brainer. But when they were kind of told, well, yeah, you can play if you want. And then other sports were going on. I kind of looked at it and I thought, actually, do you know what? I think they probably got that wrong. Um, It would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, having uh, on Thursday last week, I was covering the West Ham game, and obviously the news broke uh, around an hour before. And with my uh, company, we play everything straight down the line. Uh, So I was given some text to just put in the in our live blog, uh, not to be messed with. And I had to mess with it because it was supposed to be a period of silence. Yet just the emotion of the West Ham supporters, they started singing the national anthem, and I think actually having that outlet and and letting people have that thing on Saturday would probably have been would have probably been the sensible thing to do Matt yeah I think looking back of how other supports are sort of uh, other sports sort of reacted to it I think it would have been a a wise idea um again you can see the Premier League and things like that but other you know grassroots football we we um follow um could have supported it so yeah it's a strange one but it's gone now um football's back um but again celebrate you know i have to say the how the country's coming together and you know amazing organization of all what's going on it's quite interesting to um to follow really so and and I, i did read it a couple of years ago i read an article um about what would happen when the queen died it was an interesting article following it now and from there it's you know the tradition that we have in this country is quite amazing how they follow the same thing so you know 
Prince Charles is 70. We, you know, hopefully John and I, well, we will probably see another um, Prince William come to the throne. But I would have thought nothing's going to match what's going to happen over in this country in the next few days. No, and I think it's all because it's so new, isn't it? You know, we, we've not we've not seen it before. We've not uh, because it, that's why it's so unique, I suppose, because it's it's such a long reign. Um, you know, if, if if it had happened frequently over the yeah. past few years, then we'd be completely different. But I suppose we're all just a bit yeah. flummoxed by it. And, and yeah. you know, it's been, we're, we've all been ready for it for a long time. Uh, I'm sure this isn't breaking any confidentialities, but when we uh, had our time doing our show on Radio Kent, we were told a couple of times, these are the protocols uh, that you will have to follow uh, if the Queen were to die. You know, we knew exactly what we had to do, didn't we? And yeah. then, you know, they were saying all the TV companies had rehearsed what they were going to say. And, um, and and they obviously had, and we, and we knew that. We, uh, and for, for future reference, if you do ever want to know, we were basically told we weren't to say anything other than just to say we now have to cross over to the BBC newsroom in London, where the news would have been yeah. broken by someone else rather than a pair of idiots like us. Eh? Yeah, but no, uh, yeah. So um, yeah, it's yeah. I think I think with other people as well, when you've had grief and you can see it, it sort of brings it home to you as well of people you've lost as well. So yeah, it's been. Um, I think the country has grown together over the last few few days um and you know i will watch the funeral and i think it's it it's an event that you know as a family we should probably should watch so um yeah sad times but um hopefully it, it can make this country even even better and get people a bit more friendlier which is i think it's all we want in the end yes absolutely let's get on with the show then uh, and we are going to start this week's podcast in the isthmian league southeast uh, where all of Saturday's FA Trophy fixtures were moved back to midweek uh, because of the passing of the Queen. It was a mixed bag of results, uh, but one team who did make it through were Ashford United, who've had an OK start to the season, seven points from their four league games, they're still in the FA Cup, and they've now got past AFC Sudbury in the trophy as well, albeit on penalties, despite leading 3-1 late on. Matt spoke to Nuts and Bolts boss Tommy Warrillow after that game. I'll sit after the game to the call at the moment. Um, to be fair, we had a fifth game with... Um, we had to make a couple of substitutions through some knocks and that, and we had a couple of square pegs in man holes, and we just sort of lost our way a little bit. Listen, they're a decent team, Sudbury. You know, I've kept saying to everyone else, don't forget who we played. They're top of their league, they're unbeaten. Um, I believe it's the nucleus of the squad that knocked Dart out, I think, the quarterfinals of the trophy, I think, last year, or one of the cups. But um, they're good, they're a good side. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I ain't going to remember the last sort of three, four minutes because. Of what happened, but overall, I was speaking to a few people that were there. You know, we created some good chances. Um, whereby no, 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 article, but we keep, we keep we keep grinding out the results. So um, we'll, we'll take the positives out of it. I have to say, what, what, what would your team talk have been? You know, when you get round the players around for penalties, what did you say to them at that time? Because in the laws of average, you're thinking. You know, Sudbury have got this. They've come from behind, from nowhere. Um, what, what was your words to them? So, you know, words of wisdom, take it clearly. No, do you know what? Not really. It was like, you've just got to get yourself out of it. You know, it's, the game's not over. You've not lost. You've still got a chance. Just make your mind up and don't change it. And that's what we always say. Um, I always tell my boys to lift their penalties as well. As Franny Colling always ring him and when they're on the telly even now. Because I think if a goalie dives one way, you don't lift it, you've got a 50-50 chance of saving it. But the five boys that stepped up were were um, 
very good, composed, and fair play to him. And then Jake has made the one save that, that's got us through. But we did, you know, we deserve to go through over the ninety minutes. It's just that it's just us at the moment. We're just losing our way a little bit. Which having a new a new team and a new squad, you're, you're going to get. How do you think the season's gone for you? You, you know, you have played three um, home games on the spin, or four in five now. Um, getting used to the new, you know, the, the, after the issues with the pitch early in the season. How do you think the season's gone so far? Um, do you know what? I think it's gone well, considering, like I said a minute ago, you know, we lost 13 players from last season. So there's going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be uh, fluent football and everything hunky-dory and rosy in the garden because they're new lads. And, you know, we, we brought another couple in sort of a few weeks ago and we're trying to sort of work on bits in training, but we've not had a lot of of training sessions because we've had the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, etc. But um, I think result-wise, it's gone well. We know there's room for improvement. We've had our back-to-the-wall-win games, which we're going to get. But the most important thing is to, you know, come out of that with, with a positive result and then work on on the, on the on the areas of the games where we're, uh, where we're not quite right, which, which we, you know, we've not hidden from it. We've gone public. We accept that. But um, it is a, it's not like one or two are gone. It's, you know, it's 13, so a little a little bit of patience, which I know you don't get in football, but patience and common sense, I think, in, in the situation we're in at the moment, especially as we're winning, um, I'm, I'm concentrating now on the positives rather than the than the, uh, the negatives because um, we've got to start, our mindset's got to start being a bit different down there because we won again last night, irrelevant to what happened in the last two minutes. We've beat a very good side last night. And what about, you know, you know you've been in football a long time, do you think, all right, got to bring a, build a new squad? Do you just think, right, get on with it? Or do you find it a little bit demoralising or a, a real challenge for you? No, it's, I mean, it's a challenge, but you've got to get on with it. I never think, I'm, ne- I'm never demoralised. I get the um when things don't go right. I'm not, um, but again, I think the older you get, you, you've got to be a little bit patient. I do ask a lot of my players. Um, we do play a particular way and we ask them to take on a lot. So, um, um I'm sort of pleased with how the boys have reacted to it, but I, but I know there's better. I know they can do better and they know they can do better, but result-wise, we've had a good return. You know, um, speaking to someone earlier, you know, it didn't get mentioned, but it did because it got bought up. It's the, we've gone the furthest in the FA Cup for 24 years. Do, do you know what? This is my next question um, yeah. from this. It's the first time since 99. I'm glad, I'm glad my stats are true. Yeah, the, the club has not been in the second round since 1999. Which for a club like Ashford is is absolutely amazing stat. I know, and, and, I, know I know, but again, it was a stat that was sort of just mentioned. Yeah. And again, it's a it's a massive positive thing to, and we need to sort of get that into the club. Like, well done, lads. We know it's not being ideal, but hey, well done. Bang! Look, twenty four years. Yeah. That's the furthest they've gone, and we want to carry on going further. We want to earn as much money as we can. It's the same thing with the FA Cup. So, um, and last night again against a very good side, we've gone. You know, we're into the next round of a trophy. So. Hopefully it continue, and as long as we're just um, getting the results, um, I'll take it. But we, you know, we're not silly. We know we've we've got to improve in areas. So, um, but we've got to, we've got to start having a little think about, you know, not concentrating too much on what went wrong because it went wrong last night for five minutes, but we won. Hmm. Again, we're talking about the cup. Um, are you a man who likes um, getting revenge? Because of course, Herne Bay knocked you, uh, beat you in the. Playoff final, and you've drawn away against them. The game's on Sunday at Ramsgate as well because they've got issues with the pitch. Um, when it came out, is that your first thing? I want revenge. Do you know what? Not at all. I just thought, it, you know, it, 
sod's law, really, wasn't it? You know, all the teams that are in there. But no, it's not. You know, for us, it's about again just staying staying in this competition um, as long as we can. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We'd like, um, um, you know, there's some big sides in there. We'd like to have sort of had a big, you know, a big side at home again for the for the right reasons. But Herne Bay have gone up. You know, they're doing well in the league. It's a, it's a new challenge for them. But no, it's, it's listen. That's done and dusted. I'm not one of them that's well in the past. Um, We've got to concentrate on what's in front of us and if we get a result Saturday, we're not going to be jumping up and down and going revenge. For us, it's a financial reward for the football club and we're in the next round. Does it, does it help that it's arguably a neutral venue as well, do you think? They haven't managed to get to their own ground yet. Does that make any difference to it? I mean, it would have been a great opening game for them mm. because of the the, like the last year's game. They would probably could build it up as that. But um, no, I mean, Ramsgate's pitch is nice. We're just disappointed because um, you know, we half wanted it on a Friday night and that got turned down. We wanted a one o'clock kick-off on a Sunday, and so did Ben, and that got turned down. So it's a three o'clock on a Sunday. We're just trying to bring it in, you know, trying to bring it a little bit earlier. But, um, no, it's a good pitch down now. And um, there should be a few there, to be honest, because obviously there's not, I don't think there's any games on the Sunday apart from us. Who turned it down? Is it as in, is it the FA who said about that? Or is that Ramsgate saying they don't want it on a Friday? I think, or I, think it, I think Ramsgate have got things on the pitch. Um, obviously, it's their pitch. So it's their prerogative, but um, you know, I just thought that if it is on a Sunday, I think one o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday are, um, are more the norm rather than the three o'clock. But it is what it is. We've got to get on with it. And, and so again, you, you create a bit of history now. How good would it be to be in the third round, third qualifying round? No, be, you know, it'd be brilliant. Um, it'd just be nice to just, again, like I said, stay in it as long as possible. You don't know. You just don't know what's around the corner, but. The most important thing for us this year, without sounding boring, is obviously to is to try and get out of this league, and um, hopefully it's for a time lucky. Well, he's on good form there, Matt. A new look squad. It's a good start for them. With that, there's been no real hangover from last year's disappointment, which I suppose would have been a worry. And in one aspect, having 13 players leave when you've just lost in the playoff final isn't necessarily the worst thing. Oh, I, I think Tommy Royalo, he's been in the game long enough to know. What it is when I asked him the question, you know, yeah, nothing sort of flummoxed. He's seen it all before. I think, as he said, they're expecting they want to get promoted as much as they can. 13 new players have come in and they started the season pretty well. They We knew we thought they'd be up there. FA Cup run, getting good result against the Sudbury side, who we saw are a, a decent team. And he's building a squad closer together um, from that. Yeah, so it's, it's been a decent start for them. And, and I think... Um, they can look forward to more success. Um, Tommy's one of the good guys as well, isn't he? You know, he's seen it, done it. And I'm sure as a player, whatever age you are, if Tommy Warrelow rings, rings you up and says, oh, do you want to come and play for Ashford? You'd probably do it because you know, you know, the respect. You might have to work hard, but if you do well, he will reward you. Definitely. And I thought it was interesting what he said there about how, you know, I ask a lot of my players uh, and I get the feeling he's the sort of manager who won't compromise on anything. You know, this is how he wants to play his football. And those players will mould that. It's, it's not like, you know, I think there are some some managers who will get a player in and, and build a team around that player. Whereas I think Tommy's the exact opposite. I think he has a way of playing football. He's got his players and he wants them to adhere to that style. And I think that makes him a, a good manager you'd want to play for because you know what you're going to get from him. It sounds like he puts a lot of demands on those players. But so far, it's working. Ashford will be one of the favourites to win the division. They've brought in the players again. I think he mentioned that earlier in the season before that they had problems getting strikers in, but they're scoring goals. Yeah, I don't know how I would have reacted. But again, he was probably the coolest man in the stadium when you 
three one up, then three all. Um, tell the players to get on with it, or unless the players were a little bit scared of what he thought he was going to go and say at the time. But a good, good result against Sudbury. Now I don't know if they've had to draw for the next round. I didn't ask him about the next round. I don't know if they've drawn it. The yes, the draw could... has been done for the next round. I'll put you on the spot there, haven't I? Again, sorry, John. But no, but <laughs> no, good, I, good result I, for them. So yeah. The draw and, has been done for the next round, so we do know who everybody's playing. The next round is uh, on the 24th of September, so it's one of those times of year at the moment where everything is just cup, 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 yeah. cup at the moment uh, for the likes of Ashford. Uh, so they again, play... again, they've got a midweek game as well. If if they had a replay in the FA Cup, they, again, they probably could go three, maybe three and a half weeks without a league game, which is crazy, but in a good way, because you know you're going to be successful. It'll be a successful season if you're playing well in the Cups. Yeah, uh, three bridges at home for Ashford United in the next round. Uh, £2,250 uh, £2, uh, if you win that game. So every little penny uh, helps. Obviously, the FA Cup uh, for Ashford. I, I couldn't believe that stat that you and Tommy were both so keen to bring up. Their best run since 1999. Um, you know, Ashford United are a club who you would think have got the potential to go deep in the FA Cup, but they haven't done it for a long time. And and they'll be viewing the game at Herne Bay on Sunday as an opportunity. A Herne Bay side who obviously beat them in the playoff final. He says revenge isn't on the cards there, but he'll be wanting to win that game uh, regardless. And I suppose it's a, a bit of an opportunity, isn't it? Because Herne Bay have had a inconsistent start to life going since they got promoted. They, they were beaten 4-0 uh, on Tuesday night. They're still not playing at home. Ashford will be looking at thinking there's absolutely nothing for them to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that stat, again, luckily I, ch- I just checked it before I rang him and said, oh, what's Ashford's record of the FA Cup? Do you remember them playing against Fulham and teams like that a few years ago when Cugley was the manager? And I scowled it down for blimey. And then when he brought it up as well, I thought, oh, uh, yeah, f- unbelievable stat. Third qualifying round, if they could get it. Again, he sees what it means to them. Of course, they wanted one of the big boys. But the third qualifying round, they've got a chance. And you, you, you say, Herne Bay probably hasn't helped. They've had some tough games at Herne Bay early start of the season probably hasn't helped that they haven't had a home game and maybe um, Ashford can think right a chance again home bay would love to be playing at their own ground haven't got there so confidence a little bit low going away you know from a home really? bay point of view you could think it's an away game I know it's in Ramsgate but not playing at home game gives Ashford a chance Ashford full of confidence it's a tricky one for home bay we're delighted we're going to get a side in the third qualifying round but I think it's a, maybe more pressure on Herne Bay than there is on Ashford on this game Yeah I mean obviously we're guaranteed a few teams to go through yeah. we'll talk about all those FA Cup oh, yes, pictures shortly I think we've got four is it four or five all Kent ties yeah. um, so really good opportunity uh, for those teams and I will certainly be keeping a close eye on Sunday afternoon to see how that one pans out. Uh, also through the FA Trophy of Chatham, 1-0 winners at Barton Rovers, Faversham triumphed by the same score at Chichester, Cray Valley were 4-1 winners at Lansing, and Corinthian beat Tooting and Mitchum 7-6 on penalties after a 0-0 draw. Uh, on Wednesday night, also through, Seven Oaks beat Hadley, and Sittingbourne were 2-1 winners at South Park. Uh, but there was penalty woe uh, for both Beckenham and Sheppey United on Tuesday against Haybridge Swifts and Hartford Town respectively while VCD lost 3-0 at home to Greys and Hythe also went out on Monday at Merston uh, in this mini Premier Division on Tuesday night it was Derby Day uh, goals are plenty Margate beat Herne Bay 4-0 and Craig Wanderers 4-2 victors at Folkestone a very un-Invicta-like scoreline that one Matt yeah I saw that I think it's called early doors Folkestone um, Neil Smith building a good squad I think at uh, Craig Wanderers and Folkestone, we know, are normally very good at home. That's a great result for Cray. 
But folks have had a good start to the season, so um, just a little bit of a blip for them ahead of the FA Cup, I thought. But I think Cray under Neil Smith could be a could be a, a side that some people will try to avoid, you know, an outsider maybe for the playoffs this season, Craig. Yeah, I think if they can build under Smudger, they'll be absolutely fine. Uh, three Eastman League South East fixtures on Saturday. We've got East Grinstead Town against Sheffield United, Faversham Town against VCD Athletic and Ramsgate at home to Lansing, uh, while the others are either in FA Cup action or they've got the weekend off. Uh, there are games in midweek in that division, though. Beckenham against Cray Valley, uh, Faversham against Ramsgate, Sheffield United against Chatham, Sittingbourne against Hyde and VCD against Sevenoaks all on Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, Corinthian against Ashford. Uh, in East League Premier Division, Cray Wanderers, a couple of home games for them this week, Bowles and Pitsy uh, on Sunday, and then they play Hastings on Wednesday. Herne Bay host Hornchurch on Tuesday and Folkestone travel to Corinthian Casuals. Uh, Margate was supposed to be playing at Carl Shulton on Monday night, but that game has been called off uh, like all the other sport on Monday due to the Queen's funeral. Uh, before we run through the FA Cup fixtures this weekend, let's hear from a man who also has a cup tie to prepare for this weekend. Uh, Alan Dowson's Dartford have had a mixed start to the season, four defeats and three wins before Tuesday night's trip to Dover. Regulators of the show will need no clues to work out that it's now four wins and four defeats uh, for the darts. Matt spoke to the darts boss after that game. I delighted. I it's um, always a tough place to go. I just, you know, I was a bit disappointed when we conceded that goal with the last kick of a set because I thought the first half we were excellent. But when in a three nil, I think it would have went on a bit to be honest. But you know, I was comfortable ish and all that. You know, and still Hess is obviously a very experienced manager and a good manager. So uh, at um, you know, I'm just delighted to get the win, to be honest, and you know, against a decent side and um, a decent club, so we'll kick on. You must be happy with three lovely goals as well. Three good goals, all right. So uh, we've been seeing, you know, we've got to score more goals. We know that, and obviously keeping clean sheets is uh, the thing we're trying to get into because the back four has conceded a lot of goals lately and um, a lot of stupid goals. So I had a bit of a dig at the back four before kickoffs, and we can't keep making these mistakes and getting goals. But you know, we're certainly defending well tonight, and just a bit of sloppiness one minute before. Or 30 seconds before the thing, that's the only thing I was disappointed in. Anything else was good, but created a few more chances. And uh, you know, and you know, we just got you know, all this new squad has got a good run in them. So, so it was a good start now. And we've got an FA Cup game Saturday, we've got to win that as well. I think, um, second half, Dover had plenty of possession, but they didn't really hurt you too much as well. And you looked dangerous on the counter attack. I think so. But I knew at half time because when you score like that, it's a big gee up for them, um, scoring with 30 seconds to go. So we knew I couldn't go in then. So I was very positive at half time. So, and we knew we'll have a little spell, but you know, a bit of a ball. But I see a one save, I think, to keep them in. And, um, you know, let's see a week, could have had maybe one or two more on a counter. It was great getting Charlie Shevin on. I thought he showed a lot of glimpses, good glimpses. So, listen, yeah, we're. It's, we know we need a few more bodies in. We know we need one or two more players. That doesn't change. Um, we're working slowly because, as you know, I come in late in the job and uh, you sort of suss out the things we need. But we start. We need to keep clean sheets. We start. Got to start doing that because we concede too many goals. And then once we start doing that, we have got quality in the in the pitch. And um, like Sam Crow has got to get a mention because he played when he shouldn't have played. To be honest, he was ill, absolutely ill. Then he scored a great goal. He wasn't a very good game, but he scored a great goal. And um, you know, we had to bring him off. I was going to do it at half time. But we'll give him 10 minutes, so fair play for Sammy. Luke Coulson showed all his quality. You know, he's got that little bit of vision, little bit of quality in the goal. It's all about his movement and a finish at top top class. Oh, yeah, good finish and, um, you know, and getting in good positions, good pass by Mertz. But um, yeah, yeah, he'll be all right, him. And we just got to get the strongest or the best players we think on the pitch, which made a difference with um, Luke coming in tonight. It made a difference with David being there tonight. It makes a difference with Charlie Shevenham being fit. It does make a difference when your, your squad's coming together a bit and everybody's fit. Um, the young kid, Sammy, he'll be fit next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday. So if you get your squad fit, you've got no excuses then. You know what I mean? 
and his injuries and little niggles and things like that hurt were a little bit lately but getting a better player's fit and Luke Allen shouldn't be that far away he should be back for Saturday and um, so we're hoping that's you know we can get a stronger squad out there I think you've got 12 points from your opening eight games would you say it's par or are you disappointed with that total? I'm disappointed to be honest if you think about it without making any excuses we've got we've conceded Two and goals in the 92 and 95th minute. Two and goals. Then a free kick and a penalty in the last minute. So that's in the 92nd. So I'm not saying that's all bad luck, but it'd be nice to have a bit of luck every now and again, you know. And you're thinking two, one and goal, yeah, but not two in two weeks. And you're thinking, you know, Chippenham didn't hurt at all. We somehow end up losing that game. So to pick it up tonight, I was pleased about. And, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We've got to make sure that we'll pick it up again on Saturday. FA Cup. Beckenham, it's a bit of a banana skin for you. They're doing well, promoted yeah. last season and they started this season well. Do you know much about them? Yeah, I went to watch them last Tuesday and I think they're a good side. The kid up top scores goals who's been around a bit. And they've got a lad, Danny Waldman there, who's an experienced player. I don't know how we got on tonight against Hebridge, um, but uh, I think they're a dangerous side. And they've got this thing where when you win promotion, you used to winning games. And, it, and I went down there last week and they've got their dangerous. And yeah, I think we can't be off guard, we've got to win the game, um, obviously. But I do think it'll be a tough game. How important is the FA Cup to you? Massive. I love my FA Cup. One of my biggest things was when I got the fourth round at work and, and playing Watford on telly is a great occasion. And, you know, and, and it's something you, it's the best competition in the world still for me. And um, the league's more important, just, but uh, what I can drink the football club with prestige and money is second to none. You know what I mean? You can win the league in this league and everybody will say, oh, yeah, you got promotion. But yeah, FA Cup's the one what gets non league teams on the map. And um, we've got a hook when we do that. Finally, um, you enjoy managing big club Dartford. They want to get places. You've got places before. Do you think it's a good mix? Good mix, yeah. I've just got to do my job a little bit better. I think he wants more. They, as he said there, right at the end, it's a good fit, Alan Dalson and Dartford. But he, he'll be disappointed with that start. I mean, obviously last year, I suppose, in the end, Dartford drew too many games, but you can't draw none of your games. You've got to be picking up points. You've got to be turning those defeats into draws. Uh, but obviously you saw them for the first time uh, on Tuesday night, were they any good? Uh, yeah, clinical again. Had the chances. Be- were they were they better than Eastbourne? Uh, I would say, from an attacking point of view, yes. Um, defensively, we didn't really see they get too much tested. Dover had plenty of possession, but you know they could still play now. They wouldn't score goals because there's no attacking threat there. Um, and they still got to me, arguably the best player in the division in. Coulson, uh, how they, he's a fantastic player. Fantastic player at that level. Um, very classy. Scored a good goal. You got Bonner and Essam at the back. The young goalkeeper did well when he came on. David didn't test him at all, but he, he looked pretty solid. So, yeah, so, and again, he still wants some more players as well. So, Dartford are a club who've had a sort of lot of players over the last year with Steve King, etc. And uh, Alan Delson trying to bring players in. But yeah, I think uh, I, I I think the games that they've lost, a lot of, lost a lot of games 2-1, haven't they? They've been in it, the games, or they've shot themselves in the foot. So you think once they click, they can go on a bit of a run. So they look, they look, they looked a decent team, and I expect them to be in and around the playoffs uh, pretty easily. And from that point of view, and you know they held Dover at bay, and then were clinical in front of goal, even you know, very similar goals that they scored, but good quality goals. You know, you got Murta, Carruthers. Coulson in midfield and all three of them would probably walk into every team in this division I would have thought It's interesting obviously we've just talked about Ashford and how they've had a completely new squad after their playoff disappointment whereas um, Dartford you know we kind of sp- spoke a lot about when Steve King was in charge about how 
they had such a big turnover of players. But almost all of those players that that, that Alan Dowson has got in his squad were there last season. You know, yeah. he's just added a few here and there. So it's quite interesting that maybe Steve King did kind of crack on the right formula at the end uh, because so many of those players have, have stayed put. Uh, and Alan Dowson, obviously, is, 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 he's decided he wants to come in and, and work with what he's got in front of him. Uh, completely different process, completely different way of doing it. And, and I guess what uh, the point I'm trying to make is that surely Dartford are going to get stronger and stronger as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I, what I think is that Steve King used to change his team quite a bit, didn't he, um, from that point of view. But I think once he works out what his best team is, which I think he's slowly working it out, people will play every week. He, I think he knows from his Woking days that keeping the same team, keeping the same infrastructure, keeping players happy can go and get you results. And I think he's going to do that. What else do they need? For me, probably, if they, if they can get a goal scorer. Um, Von Gook looks OK. David Rodari, he did a lot of moaning. But if you can go and get an out-and-out striker, which is easier said than done, that could be the difference from them. But in a tight game or... When you get that one chance, somebody's going to take it. Charlie Sherman came on. I don't know how old Charlie Sherman is, 35. He looks, still looks a good player. And was, I think um, somebody, you know, sharing him 20 minutes on the bench. But if you've got a, a proven goal scorer from somewhere, if you can find one of them, Downson, it will work in their favour a little bit, um, Dartford. But yeah, Dartford were a lot better than Dover. And we're not even going to talk about Dover. So move on quickly, please. I thought we were going to talk about Dover. Um, I, I mean, obviously, a, a, another disappointing defeat for, for Dover. Um, seven points for the Whites, just outside the the, the relegation places. I, I don't really know what... We, we did talk about them a lot last week, but I just don't know how this corner gets turned because I think the side that I saw at Eastbourne last week are better than seven points, but it's just how how does it and and you know you could possibly look at saying oh need a new manager or or needs but it just seems to me like there's something in in that squad that is downbeat and and that's the only way the only way that it's going to turn around is a complete fresh start in almost every aspect isn't it yeah I've, i think i think you're probably right um it's just that there's just a malaise around the club that's going from the top to the bottom and Something's got to change sooner rather than later because there's fans arguing amongst themselves and it's it, it's 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 um, not a good time. And again, speaking to people, what I said before, people are only going because they they have to. You know, that's there's not a, an enjoyment. And when and once and and we've somehow they've got to get Dover as a club. We've got to get people wanting to go to the football, not because they feel that they have been going to the football. Uh, aside from the obvious, and to be fair, they couldn't all win, all the rest of our National League South sides were victorious on Tuesday night. Epsuit made him 8 from 8 by beating Braintree, Welling won a tight game at Eastbourne by a goal to and Tunbridge Angels saw off Farnborough by two goals to one. Uh, let's have a look at all those FA Cup fixtures this weekend. As we say, our National League South sides come into the uh, competition at this stage. Tunbridge Angels go to Binfield. Uh, Crane Valley Paper Mills are at home to Hanwell Town. It's Dartford against Beckenham, as we've already heard. Margate go to Dulwich Hamlet, manages Dulwich Hamlet after Gavin Rose left uh, early in the week. Uh, it's Ebbsfleet United against Dover. I'm trying to keep a straight face. Uh, Ebbsfleet United at home to Dover. Folks in Victor at home to Chichester City. It's Phoenix Sports against Seven Oaks Town. 
uh, Welling United host Fisher and uh, Walton Hersham against Chatham Town is a 12:45 p.m. kickoff because the game is being streamed live on the BBC. Now, I'm not saying for a second that I don't think it's wonderful that a team from Kent are in this, but I'm surprised, Matt, that a tie that involves two teams a long way down the pyramid has got the nod there, but from the BBC. Yeah, I don't know what the um, reason that game has been chosen. I don't know how Walton and Hersham or Chatham have, have done well. Um, normally, to be fair, it's a good thing because normally the, the BBC would look to put Macclesfield on, I would have thought. So it's a, it's good that they're on from there. Fantastic for Chatham. Hopefully they'll get some um, money situation for that. But yeah, it's a strange one. Um Walton and Hersham. Are Walton and Hersham doing really well or something as well? Got no idea really to see. I think I'm, I'm right thinking start. around but, it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good story. It's a good story for the chats from our point of view. That oh, sure like, no one at the BBC thought of this, but obviously Chatham have been drawn away in every single round so far. Yeah. So a fantastic uh, achievement for them if they keep going uh, like this. But yeah, I was I was a bit you know. <laughs> Surely you'd have thought a binfield against Tunbridge Angels is more likely. There's a chance of an upset there. Whereas, you know, two sides who were both promoted into step four last season playing. I'm I'm just surprised that it's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm sure there's a bit of money in the coffers uh, for the chats as well. And lest we forget, Chatham do play some excellent football. So if you do get the chance to watch that game uh, on Saturday, then... It's on do, the red button, I think, isn't it? Press the red it's button, on the red yeah. button from, from quarter to, to one. Uh, quarter to one kickoff. Um, you've loads going on. You've got Kent in the, in the Cup final on Saturday as well. So it should be a, a good sporting weekend and, and good luck to everybody in the FA Cup. And as we've already mentioned as well, there is that game on Sunday as well uh, between Herm Bay and Ashford at 3pm kickoff. How many are we getting through then, John? Well, we're getting at least five through, aren't we? Because yeah. we've got five all Kent ties in there. I think I fancy Cray Valley as well. I fancy Chatham um, and, and I would fancy Folkestone. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty good. And I think there's going to be lots of Kentish sides in the hat. What about yourself? Yeah, I think Margate's a tough one at Dulwich. Depends if Dulwich get a new manager, but Dulwich aren't doing particularly well. Um, there was rumours. I see Jack Holland was the manager the other day, or he was um, with Danny Mills. I think they're going to announce that. Yeah, I think I, 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 probably only Margate, I think, may go out from the sides who are not in a derby. Maidstone have Willstone to a 1-1 draw on Tuesday night in the National League, while Bromley will be in at York City. Those two meet on Saturday at Hayes Lane. That should be an interesting encounter, that one, Matt. It's hard, really, because we've got those two sides in the National League. Um, obviously, it's the pinnacle of non-league football uh, in in the country. But so far, they've both had pretty middling campaigns, haven't they? Both Bromley and Maidstone haven't really... Neither of them have really hit their straps, have they? I think from a Maidstone point of view, I think they'll be pleased with the start they've had to the season. Um, it's always going to be difficult for um, a newly promoted side. They've had a couple of thrashings away from home. Um, but again, Maidstone, you know, the support they get. But they'll be looking to sort of teams like Wildstone, who've been there a couple of seasons and been successful. That's the sort of benchmark they can be. From a Bromley point of view, not scoring. They won at the weekend. They're doing OK. They will be a... Um, side in and around it, maybe a little bit more consistent, but it does look like the big sides at the top of the table are the ones that you've got to be concerned about a little bit. Maybe they're playing for the playoffs. And as remember what we said to when we spoke to Andy Woodman, the thing is, it's a tough old division to get out of. And you've got to think of where they've come from, Bromley. It'll be tough to compete with the Wrexhams and Chesterfields to actually win the title. 
Yes, it will. That just leaves us with the Southern Counties East League. And we've got another good interview coming up for you from that league. Uh, a 6-2 win over Punjab United for Irith and Belvedere on Tuesday night. Six wins out of six for the Deers. And a team fancied by many to be among the title favourites are living up to their billing. I spoke to their boss, Tony Beckingham, earlier today. Yeah, um, but we're six games in. So, really, it's, it's a good start. And um, But that's all it is, to be honest. Um, not getting carried away about anything. We're, um, we're still in September. It's, it's a long way to go. It's, it's literally a good start and nothing else. Uh, top scorers in the division, though, so that, that certainly shows that you're doing something right because if you're scoring goals, you're going to win matches, aren't you? Yeah, no, to be fair, we've got a few boys that could go forward and, um, you know, we've got, a bit of, um, we've got a bit of goal threat about us. But, um, yeah, you know, it's going quite well, but we probably need to tighten up a little bit at the back, but... Then again, I suppose when you when you're pushing to to score goals, you are going to leave a little bit of space, and um, and 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 that's sort of been exploited a couple of times. But yeah, no no, no complaints with um, with our goal threat. It's in, in actual fact. Uh, I'll be honest with you, we, we probably should have um, been a little bit more clinical and, and scored a few more. But um, listen, I'm that's being ultra critical of the boys. I'm obviously I'm delighted with with what they've done so far. Uh, you were behind briefly against Punjab on, on, on Tuesday night, but you hit back with a strong second-half performance. Did you have to have some strong words at the break? Um, not really. I mean, I don't think they deserved that. They've had a good start and, um, you know, we, we had to make a few changes last night, so it was going to take a little while um, to, to settle down. I mean, both of the two boys that started at centre-half last week against Phoenix were both unavailable. Um, for different reasons um, yesterday, so so they, you know, the two guys that come in, it was their first, it was their first game together, um, so that took a little bit of time to settle down. And um, and, and and to be fair, <laughs> Punjab, you know, they're, they're a good side. They got some, they got some good, experienced players that have played at a higher level than uh, a much higher level than the Kent League. Um, and um, we we always knew it was going to be a tough game, so uh, I was pleased, probably more than anything, the fact that the, the boys went behind and didn't let it affect them and just carried on going and you know and got back got our noses back in front at half time and and second half I think we we, we controlled it really but um, but no they, you know credit to to Punjab they they was um they was good and and um, we had to we had to keep persevering it wasn't our best performance so far this season but like I say they um, they carried on going stuck to their guns and unfortunately we ended up scoring a few goals second half and kind of put it to bed a little bit. You touched on it a bit there, but it, it can be hard at this time of year, can't it? Because you, you lose players for, for various reasons and you're still finding your feet. And obviously, it's a bit stop-start as well because you've got all the cup competition. So, how hard is it to keep focus at this time of year? Uh, really tough. Um, I mean, football's changed quite a lot since I first started getting involved in it. Um, players, I think nothing now of going away um, during the season. Whereas before it was just a it was just a no no and but it's something you've got to get used to. Obviously you have particularly with midweek games you have work and unavailabilities and, and things happen. Um, but um, look, I think all you can do it's an old cliche, but when you when you're competing for things, you just got to literally take each game as, as it comes, be it cup or league, and and just keep reminding the players what the ultimate kind of aim is and. You know, they they just got to keep churning the results out and the performances out week in, week out, so regardless of, of what game it is. So the good thing is if, if you've got competition for places, it, it doesn't really matter what game you're playing or what, what team you put out. They're all they're all wanting to perform well because they want to keep their, their place in the side and uh, long, long may that continue. 
it looks to me like this year's scaffold is, is a really tricky league because I think anyone can beat anybody. Is that how you've seen it so far? hundred uh, percent. I mean, I think that um, I spoke to a fair few managers um, prior to the season. I mean, uh, Steve O'Boyle, he's, he's one of my best mates in football and you know, we, we chat regularly. And, um, you know, we, we said it, there's a number of teams that will genuinely think they can they can win the league and go up. Um, we, we like to think that we, we could be or should be one of them that should be, that, you know, that, that will be competing hopefully at the end of the season. But I agree with you. <coughs> you know, we're on a good run now. Um, but who's to say we, you know, your bad runs just around the corner and, and someone else goes on a good run, and there's, as you said, just said, there's a number of there's a number of teams that are being the frame, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to name them. Everyone knows it now, but I would say probably four to six teams that that really hand on heart think they can um, they can win the league. So, you know, last year there was a bit of a two horse race, wasn't it? And, and I think this year is going to be really exciting and go go down to the wire. You've obviously been uh, at higher level and stuff like that. What, what was what tempted you to take over at Irith and Belvedere this summer? Um, be honest with you, I mean, Ira from Belvedere shouldn't really be in the Kent League, and that's not being it's only because I don't know if I should be there because they're there, I'm the, and that's, that's where they are. But I suppose what I, what I mean by that is obviously the setup, the fact that they share it well in, which is a, a National League uh, South um, ground. Um, the, the boys, um, I've got to give credit to the, to the directors, the chairman, AD Dean, and you know, Sam Pratt and, and Jordy and Jim Lyons, all the boys, they um, they they taking it over in the last sort of couple of years and done a hell of a lot of work uh, in the background at the football club and um, had a chat with them close season and it was um, their, their enthusiasm and, and their ambition for the club is just really infectious and you know it's one of them things where you have a meeting with them and you come out and you know you're sort of excited by it you're excited about what what they've told you you're excited about the ambition of the club and you know I couldn't we, we really wanted to be part of that and that's you know myself and, and Andy Constable who's sort of was integral in, in, in sort of um, in wanting to go to here from Belvedere and be part of it because of his his obviously his, his um, relationship with the club bearing in mind he, he won the league with Mickey Collins you know a number of years ago so he has a special affection at, at the club he's a very good friend of mine and um, you know we kind of both bought into it as soon as we met we met the lads really we had a great chat with Andy on the show last year, actually, after his 400th goal. How's he taken to coaching? He seems like such a nice fella. Really? <laughs> um, not, you obviously see a different side of him to me, but um, he's, that, he, he's he's the first one to admit he doesn't really want to be a manager. He um, The thing with Andy, he's got great playing experience. He's, he's, you know, he's sort of non-league record speaks for itself. And I think what Andy's, what Andy's gift is that he... He goes and talks to players sort of individually, and whereas I'm probably a little bit of the bad cop, I think Andy's like the good cop, and he'll he'll go and have, have little chats with players and put his arm around them, and um, so he's he's more he's more that sort of um, big big cuddly um, character that, that that's you know still he still wants to be sort of mates in the changing room because he's only just come out of it, so he's he's still enjoying that side of it, and um, so yeah, he's. He will. He would definitely be a good manager in his time, but he's, he's just um, at the moment he he's not quite ready to, to go all in, and um, you know, so he's leaving that side of it to me. Uh, and just finally, obviously, no league game this weekend. Then you have got the Kent Senior Trophy, but the FA Vars uh, looming again in a couple of weeks. And you had a hell of a result in the first round, didn't you? You don't win nine 0 away from home very often, do you? No, you don't. Um, 
look, listen, you, the other the opposition, um, we 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 faced stronger. Um, they had a man sent off in the first half. We we played really well, and they they had an off day, and and so uh, look, it was great. It was great to score nine. Um, you know, but I don't. It just was one of them games, I suppose. It don't come around very often, and to be honest, I'm glad because it, it, it comes. It does come to a point when you sort of think, well, enough's enough, and um, you know, it's, it's it's a cup game. You through the next round, and that's enough, really. So we've got um, we've got a very very different challenge next time with Broadbridge Heath, and um, I think they're last time I looked, they're sitting top of their league in the, in the Sussex League. So it's going to be a really um, really big test for us. So so we're looking forward to that. You want to go far in the Vars, don't you? Everyone does. Yeah, look, listen, every, every, anybody that says they don't is a liar. Um, you know, a couple of Kent clubs have done it. Um, the thought of, of going to Wembley and walking out, leading your team out of Wembley is just, you know, obviously you, you, it's a dream, isn't it? Everybody dreams about it. And, and um, anybody that says they wouldn't want to do it, you know, they wouldn't want to do it, is, is, uh, would, be, would be lying. It's absolutely ridiculous. Of course, we want to go as far as we can. He's trying to keep his feet on the ground there, Matt, but I think he knows that there is expectation on Irith and Belvedere this season. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That <laughs> lovely managerial response of sort of saying it's only September, nothing's won. But, you know, as you mentioned, they've won six out of six. They've scored a lot of goals in the um, in the Vars that they're aside on doing well. They were all probably one of our ones. We probably didn't talk to them about them too much in, in our preview show. They've been in and around it. They've got some good players, um, experienced players, but they've started well. And now he admits that everybody else can beat everybody. At the moment, they're the ones who are not losing matches against sides at certain other sides who are losing matches you don't expect them to to lose. So yeah, consistency is from them, and they know keep this form going up. With everybody else sort of not finding their traps, they could be they could be on onto a, onto a winner early doors. Yeah, and obviously we know Irith and Belvedere have had a. Um, they've been up in that in, in, at the level before, uh, at the higher level before. Uh, they had a good a good run up there, and then obviously they kind of had a. They've stagnated for a few years, I think, and, that, and they've kind of uh, not really gone as far as they would want to. They've had moments, haven't they? they? I remember, I think we had them on a couple of years ago. They scored nine in the Vars. Um, we had we had them on. We had obviously had the joint managers that they had last year as well, and and you know flattered to deceive at times, I suppose, last season. But this year they've really gone for it. They've got some goal scorers there. They've got some good players in the in their ranks, and a manager who's experienced, a manager who's managed at a higher level, a manager who wants to get back to a higher level, and a manager who there has, has spoken very very clearly. And, and I'm sure, you know, we have a lot of managers on this show, and you think I'd play for them, and I reckon he'd, he'd motivate you as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Again, grounded. And if you say he mentioned before, I think you mentioned he he worked at East Grendead, so he knows the level above can attract players. I think it probably helps where they play. Is he might play at Welling? It's good facilities, um, so that probably helps them attract players. You you look at it at the moment, they're two points clear at the top, but some of the big hitters they're a way point clear. They're a lot points clear with ones expected to be at the top. So a good start to the season. He's not getting carried away, but I think he'll be absolutely delighted with this start. And I know he expects four to six teams who could win this division at the moment. They're in the, I know nothing's running in September, I know, but they're in pole position for it. 
They are, yeah. and all you can do is, is win what's in front of you. I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was kind of looking at their fixtures, and I thought, well, they haven't played any of the other massive big hitters so far. But as I was saying to him there, and he said, uh, and we said last week, this is a wide open league. Anyone can beat anybody. So the fact that you've not played some of the teams that are supposed to be around the top, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, you look at how we've seen teams like Wellingtown go and beat Whitstable. We've seen Whitstable beat Tunbridge Wells. We've seen Tunbridge Wells beat Rustle. We've seen Rust. You know, there's so much going on in this league already with all the ups and downs. So to have come through their first six games completely unscathed uh, is, is quite something. And, you know, he's obviously quite the perfectionist. Well, they've scored 19 goals in those six games, nine in the Vars as well. And he said, oh, we, we need to tighten up at the back. Well, only one team, Kennington, has conceded fewer than their four goals, and they conceded half of them on Tuesday night. So I don't know what he's expecting from his back from his back line, but obviously he's got high standards and he wants them to perform at both ends of the pitch. Well, and uh, I think you know, you know, in this division, if you score what it scored last season, if you've got a striker who can score goals, that will take you to a long way. So 19 goals in six games, nine in the Vars, they're on to a, they're on to a, a good start. Um, would you look at them probably with, with Whitstable, probably the biggest, there is one of the biggest teams in the division. So maybe a bit like when we saw with Chatham and Sheppey, maybe they've done their time in this division and this time it's from, from there, they're the ones who are going to get out of it. But because everybody else has been very inconsistent and I've seen tonight, John, Glebe lost again. They did beat them 3-2 at Irith Town. So uh, a bit of a, of a blip in, in form for, for Glee, but who obviously we really fancied yeah. uh, at the start of the season. And, you know, it hasn't been a great start for them. Uh, so you, you kind of look at it and think, you know, that they will surely get better. So they will will be there or thereabouts. But in the town, you know, they're another team. I, I saw them on the opening day. I uh, was really impressed by them. Uh, and then they've had, you know, they've just been inconsistent. And and it's it's so hard for, for teams if they can't put a, a, a run together. Uh, I should just say incidentally that Kenton have now conceded more than uh, more than three goals because they've lost two one tonight. Uh, so that was uh, from earlier on. So Irith have the best, Irith the Belford have the highest scoring team and the best defence, and he still wants more from them. So uh, very very. Going high back standard. to that interview, John, interesting what he said about players as well. Was that a little dig at some of the players, as in you know players taking time off, but he understands it or. Football's maybe not the be-all and end-all for everybody these days. Because, you know, I think I always thought, you know, when I was young, players never used to have holidays during the season. You never you never saw anybody missing games to a holiday. But maybe it's just a change in society in some way. That's not probably not the right word. But you know what I mean? The players taking it. He seemed a, bit, a little bit miffed with that, didn't he? With certain players not being available. I think so. And it is a tough one, isn't it? You know, what, what... We know about the commitment that you need to, to play and, and manage uh, at this level of football, um, you know, uh, and it's really hard, you know, especially for a, a lot of people, uh, managers, players are involved in the teaching profession. And, you know, your main your main summer holidays are from the, when you're in the middle of pre-season until the end of the, of the first month of the season. So, you know, there is that commitment. And I guess life has changed. You know, if you look away from from football, cricket struggling, club cricket is struggling because the expectation was used to be that you could play Friday and Saturday, uh, Saturday and Sunday every week and it wouldn't be a problem. But now most people, I would say most people work at some point over the weekend. I mean, I work weekends. I know you don't, um, apart from radio camp, but I'd say most people at some point are expected to work a weekend day and that's where it becomes a really, really tough commitment. And maybe these players these days do think, you know, actually I need a break and, you know, see about this burnout and 
and and the commitment that you have to show and, and I suppose it I, I thought it was a little bit of a, a thinly veiled dig yeah. when he said that but I can kind of I, I can definitely see where he's coming from um because you know you, you need players to, to be committed for you and and player availability is at its toughest in the first few months of the season and you would think most times players would be desperate to show what they can do wouldn't you yeah if you're a player who is i'm not saying not committed who can do it from july or august all the way to may as a manager and you player who can't who's taken two weeks off in august for reasons if he's a teacher or whatever do you give that other person who could be there more of a chance? I don't know, but I suppose at the end of the day, it's about winning football matches. So if he's a better player, he's going to do it. But yeah, it was just an interesting one that it's probably the first time we've really thought about it. And the first manager who sort of sort of dug out a bit of his players, he's disappointed because they're on holiday because he might want a holiday in, in July, in August with, the, with his family, but his job won't allow him to do it. His football job won't allow him to do it. Yeah, it is a tough old conundrum. Uh, lots going on in the scaffold. Obviously, as, as we say, games on Tuesday uh, and Wednesday. Let's just run through the fixtures very, or the results very quickly. As we've already mentioned, it was Everton Belvedere 6, Punjab United 2. Hollands of Blair 0, Canterbury City 0. Uh, Stansfeld 1, Rustall 0 uh, on Tuesday night as well. Tumbridge Wells beat Sutton Athletic 2 0. Another disappointing result at home for Whitstall as they lost to Beersted. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, Irith Town beat Glee 3-2, as Matt mentioned. It was Holmesdale 2, Wellington 1. Kennington beaten 2-1 at home by Lordswood. And Phoenix Sports 2, Fisher 1. Another uh, young lad coming through the ranks for uh, for Phoenix Sports, I note, Matt. Andy Pugh uh, on target for, for Phoenix, getting uh, what proved to be the winner there uh, in, in that game. So, he's joined on loan, hasn't he, from, from, from Chatham? Was he at Chatham? Was he at Sheffield? He, he Chatham. was at Chatham, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, plenty going right, this, on. Basically, you, if, if I'd have written, if you'd have talked about this in 2012, Ryan Hayes and Andy Pugh scoring, you wouldn't be still playing. They're still going fair play to them in the latter end of the kids. And Andy Pugh was always a good player, but he had injury problems. But yeah, a lovely, very intelligent player. And it's a good signing for Phoenix Sports. So that quality could come in, uh, could come into their favour. Um, well, you've got him on a loan for a, for a while, but he's a good player, Andy Pugh. Yeah, there was also a game on Monday night that finished K-Sports 3, Deal 2. Uh, so K-Sports continuing to uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons uh, in some of these games. Uh, in the first division, one game on Tuesday night, Meridian VP beat Forest Hill Park by a goal to nil. And then this evening, it was Croydon 1, AFC Whiteleaf 1, Lidtown 2, Faversham Strikeforce 2. Uh, opening the scoring for Lidtown in that game was Gary Lockyer, uh, formerly of Kennington Ashford, tweeted earlier on today that he's left Cray Wanderers uh, after not playing enough as much football as he was hoping to. I think he said 130 minutes in 10 games, but uh, far too good to be playing for Lid Town, isn't he? I did think when I saw that name, um, surely Kennings. Uh, interesting because he left Ashford to go to Cray, um, which is probably a bit of a trek from where he's based in some ways, or trek from what he's used to. So I'm surprised. I would have thought there must be Numerous clubs, probably in the scaffold, would take him. Um, where will he end up? Again, Ashford. Would he go back to Ashford? I don't really know. But Lidtown has got him there, and he and he scored in his debut to get them back into the game. So interesting one. I, I, I no disrespect to Lid, but I can't believe he's going to stay there that long. 
No, fixtures uh, for the for our scaffold teams this weekend. We've mentioned the FA Cup teams already, uh, but on Saturday, the Kintonia Trophy starts in the preliminary round. Beerstead at home to Staples Monarchs. Uh, FC Umstead against Kennington and Lordswood against West Wickham. And then the Premier Division is Canterbury against Illith Town. Deal Town at home to Homestale. Glebe against K-Sports. Tommage Wells hosts Hollands and Blair. And it's Whitstable against Rustall. And then the First Division, AFC Whiteleaf against Rochester United. Bermondsey Town against Snodland Town. Croydon host Brydon Ropes. It's Forest Hill Park against Faversham Strikeforce. Greenways take on Lewisham Borough. Lidtown against Larfield and New Hyde. Tooting Beck against Sporting Club Thamesmead. And then midweek, there are some more fixtures in there as I scroll down the little bit that I'm looking for. Uh, on Tuesday night, we've got Irith and Belvedere against Wellingtown in the Kent Senior Trophy preliminary round. And then on Wednesday, just the one game in the, uh, the start of the Southern Counties East League Challenge Cup as Irith Town meets FC Elmstead. Uh, obviously a difficult week for everybody, but uh, we still managed to get quite a good show out of there. Plenty going on, uh, and I hope everybody has enjoyed it. Obviously, pre- uh, Champions League has been on tonight. Uh, plenty of good football floating around, uh, and we're, uh, we're, well, we're enjoying it, aren't we? Um, but yes, it's uh, it's been, it has been quite a week. Uh, not a lot on the telly, actually, Matt. Have you been... Uh, watching the news religiously or have you been finding things to watch um, elsewhere? The news has been on. Uh, Cobra Kai is back, season five, so we've been watching that um, with the kids. Uh, I do like a bit of Richard Osman, House of Games, we've been watching that as well, but nothing we need to do is stuff. I've got to catch up on the catch up on the capture, because apparently everybody says that's good, so I've got three episodes to watch on that, but apart from that and the ailments that I've had, I've been <laughs> keeping them um, Keeping myself to myself because I haven't really think. One play I have watched over the last week, I don't know if you've seen it, Ladhood on BBC iPlayer. It's a bit like um, in between us, but it's not as not a thing about kids from in the thing. So it's quite that's quite an interesting, quite a funny program uh, from there. But um, I need to find a bit. But again, um, no, not really. Cobra Kai is the, the next big thing in this house. So we'll by the end of the week we would have caved all that. So um, so we'd have done Cobra Kai never watched it. I, I I don't know if I should or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's cheese personified, as in, you know, it's very much like the films and um, from that point of view. But for an entertainment, the kids like it, we like it. It's it's good half an hour of um, cheesy American sort of stuff. So um, and it, and it's got a good storyline in it. it. Makes you feel good about yourself, and that's, that's all we want at this time of the day, don't you? Yeah, I've been trying to watch a few bits and pieces on the telly. Um, but I've just been so busy uh, that I've just been kind of half watching anything when it's come my way. Um, so I've just kind of been uh, been been chilling out whenever I've had the opportunity. But I think now things are starting to calm down a little bit. Um, yeah, everything seems to be moving along smoothly. Uh, plenty going on away from here, which I don't really need to publicise at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's been quite a momentous week, uh, starting my 42nd year with a complete uh, change of lots of things shall we say that's just leave it at that uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show you can find us on twitter at kent nl podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent only podcast i'm at john phipps 81 please help me try and get more followers than a bloody train account uh, and you can find matt on twitter at matthew underscore jared uh, thanks to all three of our guests for their time this week thanks to matt for staying up past his bedtime thanks to the dog for going out uh, we also had during the show uh, my cats using the litter tray uh, very audibly close by. So it's been a, a nature show as well as a football show this week. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll find some way of speaking to you next week on the Kent Only podcast. God save the Queen.